You're listening to the LA Hoops Pod with Roman Vatesman and Jeff the Chiz Show Chizover. Normally in LA, we would only need a Lakers podcast, but the Clippers don't suck anymore, and that's why we're here. Talking Lakers and Clippers, a part of the Hoop Heads Pod Network. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of LA Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Knuck a Few Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Cavalier Central, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Blazing the Path, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At the Buzzer, plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome back. Alongside Chiz, I'm Roman. Episode 5. I don't know if we thought we'd make it this far. Just yeah, we're, we're kind of in the swing of things. It's like three in three weeks. I'm impressed. Roman just told me how busy he is with his uh, day job, but I appreciate you cramming it in. He's got his wife's birthday dinner after this. So that is the thing that we're rushing for this week. <laughs> that's, Every week, that, people that's really- tell me... That's the theme of our show is one of us is rushing to something. It really is. It's 6.20. He has wife's birthday dinner at 8 p.m. I don't even know. The shower, he's got a boot. He can't even walk. I don't know how it's going to happen. And we have a guest. We have a guest. I'm taking the rover to dinner, so we need to leave by 7.45. Oh, my gosh. 15 maybe 20 minutes to get to dinner so so that's the goal yeah let me let's let's talk about what's on the show today because i i'm pretty stoked we have uh, mark medina who's a nba writer for usa today he's going to be on the show right. uh right right we right. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about sideline karen uh we got yes. a, a quiz. Chiz is a quiz for me. For me, courtside Karen. It has a better ring to it. Courtside Karen. Chiz yeah. is a quiz for uh, me and Medina, and we're debuting uh, our basketball pet peeves. So yes, and the quiz is another five dollar quiz. So big money on the line. Did did I, did, uh, did whoever won get paid for the last? Yeah, one? Yeah, in fact, I, I Venmoed Allie right after. She can confirm. I actually Venmoed her ten bucks. Remember, because it was the first one I was doubling up. But let's just keep it at five. I don't want to get. Yeah. I don't want to get too crazy here. So, so overall, we're down $10 in terms of how much money we've made on this podcast. No. Dude, you're an idiot. You're the one competing. I'm going to Venmo you if you win. You lost to Allie. So it's just your money. This is great. Yes, it's just my money. I'm putting it up. And the loser, I make fun of. All right, let's go to our first topic. Right. Would you rather go to a Super Bowl with good seats or watch the game, the Super Bowl, with LeBron and your friends? It's a good one, and I think it's easy for both of us. We've had many conversations in the past how we know football's the best sport to watch on television, right? The production's so good, the angles, the replays. And then when you're at the game, you kind of miss out on that, some of the strategy in the game. So there's more to break down, but for me, it's such an easy decision. I'd much rather watch it with LeBron than go to the Super Bowl, and I haven't even been to a Super Bowl. Of course, I'd like to go to a Super Bowl, but I'd probably rather watch the Super Bowl with Marc Gasol than go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> what about you? 
Wait, why, what's your beef? What, like, why don't you you have no interest in going to the Super Bowl? No, 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 I, no, 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 no I do. Way, I was just saying it's an easy decision for me because it's so. It would be so much cooler to watch the Super Bowl with LeBron than to go to it like just playing style or with a buddy or whatever. I don't know. So, so you think that would be more memorable? To I mean, oh wait, I yes, for sure. God, for I'm sure. A, I'm actually I'm actually pretty torn because you know I love to travel and I think being at you want to go to game, Tampa. You want to go to Tampa for the weekend? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I guess it also depends on where the Super Bowl is. I mean, what if it's in like New Orleans, and yeah, yeah. it's it, it's during. Uh, hold and, on. and by the way, we're we're saying no COVID. All right, so Chiz, this this is a it's a tough one for me, and I I wanted to say watch the game with LeBron because I think that would be super memorable. But if the game is in like New Orleans or. A fun city, maybe Miami, and you have great seats. I think there's something about an atmosphere of being at the Super Bowl that would be really fun. And I'm assuming that I would go to the Super Bowl with some friends too, not by myself. So I'm actually going to have to – sorry, LeBron. I'm not going to watch the Super Bowl with you. I would actually ha- go to the game because you get the whole – you get the whole like the travel portion of it. You get to go out to the bars before and after the game. You tailgate potentially. I think yeah. it's it's a full thing. I mean it would be fun to watch the game with LeBron, but I think I'm actually going to choose going to the game provided I have good seats. I, I was just going to say that if it was like a field pass or like you went to the sickest parties like all weekend, it would, it would you know, maybe persuade me. But I don't know. Like I just – I don't know. Have you seen these meals? You know, picture the spread that LeBron would have at his pad. Like, I, I, you no, know, no, he has that LeBron's private coming chef. Over your, and... Well, LeBron's coming over to your pad. <laughs> I didn't say it's going to be at LeBron's pad. I just well, said watch yeah, the game with LeBron and your friends. LeBron is coming over. Honestly, to your pad. that changes it. I'd rather have tickets. I thought I was going over to his place and like kicking it with all his buddies. That changes it. So now it does. That was a good one. That you changed you're, me. You're pretty good. You're embarrassed of LeBron coming to your pad. He'd have to valet his car. No, it's just not house. as it's just not as special. You know, you know, I had to go there. Uh, next topic, buddy. Right. Well, we we talked about this uh, over text, and I know I know that we disagree. What seed do you think the Lakers are without AD? Yeah, there's no reason why we're talking about this. It's not like he's hurt or anything, but we're just I don't know. We like no. to have these conversations no, that can it, last forever. No, it's because he missed he missed a game. Oh, okay, he missed right, a game, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so if it was just a full season without AD, I think the Lakers would be a fourth seed going into the playoffs. And I already know you don't like that, but let's just say they are the fourth seed. I would still feel confident. We would probably be behind the Jazz and the Nuggets and, of course, the Clippers. I would still feel confident that we could beat, when I say we, the Lakers, the Lakers could beat the Nuggets and the Jazz in a playoff series without AD. But... Either way, when I look at the standings, right now the Nuggets are 12 and 8. They're the fourth seed right now. Yeah, maybe they'd overpass the Lakers in the regular season without AD. But the Lakers would still be ahead of the Grizzlies, Suns, Blazers, Warriors, Spurs. So, yeah, I think they would be the fourth seed. But I still think they would be the second favorites to come out of the West. They would be behind the Clippers. But I still think they'd be ahead of the Nuggets and the Jazz. Okay, so the year that the Lakers uh, played with LeBron and the quote-unquote young core, they Mm -hmm. went... 37 and 45 dude you know well, exactly yeah what, what's what's i mean like what's the main i know brandon ingram was young well, do, he wasn't do you like remember well, do you remember what seed they were before when he got injured on the christmas day they were the fourth seed just so you know you yeah, probably are like of course of course yes I, yes I but it was early in the season and i don't know that they would have kept up that uh 
playing as well as they did at that point. And I, to me, I think your second best player would be what Schroeder probably. Yeah, probably Schroeder. Like defensively, you're not close to the team you are with AD. And offensively, I just don't know who your second scorer is. Like you can only almost make the argument that that team that went 37 and 45. I know they were great before Christmas, but they I think had actually more talent potentially. They were all young. But I don't no, know. No, dude. Come on. Schroeder and Harrell are, are already super established. Like, none of those, people, none of those plays were established. I, I agree. But I don't know. To me. So what? So what seed are they? Because I think you're kind of losing steam here. What seed do you think they are? You know, they're making the playoffs, I, I assume, right? To me, I think they're a seven or eight seed. That's insane, man. You're making it seem like they would be borderline missing the playoffs if they had this LeBron-led team. They have a little bit of championship swagger from last year. They still have the defensive identity. It's still LeBron's league. I I think, come on, dude. Eight seed is stupid. You're you're blowing it, bro. Eight seed, that means they're really, we'd be tweaking down the stretch that they'd miss the playoffs. There's no way. Right now, the Nuggets are 12 and 8. They're winning 60% of their games. The Lakers would win 58% of their games or something. I don't know. Above 50, that would be like 42 and 30 because it's a 72 game season. It's, you're, you're blowing it. Should we just go to the next topic? No. So let me, let me just look at the teams that I, <laughs> that I think w- would be better. All right. So Clippers, for sure. Nuggets, for sure. Jazz, for sure. I think the the stuff to say with the Blazers because Roman, they for sure is just stupid. Do you understand? Are you telling me that going into a playoff series of the Nuggets versus the Lakers, you're telling me that Vegas, because you're saying for sure, would have the Nuggets as a heavy favorite over a LeBron-led Lakers team that just won the championship last year? I know they don't have AD, but are you serious? Yeah, because dude, we're talking about a top five player in the NBA. Okay. Yes. We're talking about the probably the best defensive player in the NBA. All the pick and rolls that they run, LeBron and AD down the stretch, like you're running that with Montrez. It's not the same. So, yeah, I think the Nuggets, who are a really good team, are significantly better and would be favored. I think wow. Portland, a, he- a, a healthy Portland team with CJ McCollum uh, and Nurkic, both healthy, I think would be better than the Lakers. So I would give them probably the five. I mean... Um, I, I'm, I'm still unsure as to what Golden State is uh, without Clay. I've watched them play four or five times. I like James Weissman. Um, Curry, obviously, is, is playing at the top of his game right now. Uh, Draymond is working his way back in. I think the Warriors would have a chance to be a six seed. And then I'd put the Lakers right up there with, like, the Spurs. Um and maybe Dallas. Dallas has been underachieving this year at 9-13. and 13. When you lay out all the names, I get it. You can say the Lakers, like, you could say they kind of roam in those same teams and they're 6-7-8 right now. I get that, but you're just forgetting that championship, like, DNA they have from yeah, last dude, year. And LeBron. Was and, Le- of and LeBron. Of course LeBron is great, but, like, LeBron is better. He can... The reason that he's got so many assists, he doesn't have to worry about scoring as much, is because he has AD and he doesn't. He can defer and he can do what he does best, which is pass. And without AD, now you have he has to play more minutes, he has to score more. He can't just come out of the game and you can say, "All right, AD, like it's your team, you can go to work." Yeah, I get it. I just think the other players would step up a little. Give they would step up a little harder than you think because you don't get to see it as much because they have AD. But I feel you. I feel you. All right, eight, eight's a stretch, but whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about uh, courtside Karen. Courtside Karen. So, I just 
it, it was interesting because LeBron was coming <laughs> off of that game where uh, the 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 Cavs, uh, the executive, the, the Cavs executive kind of motivated him because he was like talking a little bit of shit and then LeBron went off uh, in that huge fourth quarter uh, against the Cavs and and then a couple of games later LeBron uh, the sideline Karen courtside Karen whatever you want to call her she starts chirping at LeBron I think she said she wants to kick his ass or something like that well I, I uh, should have just taken this from the beginning you don't even remember and you don't tell a good story here's what happened Four ca- four fans <laughs> got kicked out. Two of them were this married couple. Basically, this 56-year-old, like, skeezy-looking dude was talking shit to LeBron. And he's already a self-proclaimed LeBron hater because now all this stuff has been, like, dug up of them, of course. So he said something to LeBron. And then LeBron said something back to him making fun of him. I think he called him, like, an old steroid ass. You can, like, hear the audio of this because the arena's so quiet, you know? I love and then, that from LeBron, by the way. Yeah. And then she, the wife, who's 25, stands up, takes her mask off, and gets all, you know, like, I think she says something. I think they have the quote. It's like, talk to my husband one more time and I'll fuck you up. Like, to LeBron. <laughs> she gets up and takes her mask off. So... It, like you said, it's funny because in a normal times or arena, this would this noise would kind of just get deadened and it would just be like, oh, the courtside dude who says something to LeBron. But because it was so quiet, it's kind of like they felt they had to stop the game and they made the right call. I mean, the, the dude has great access and you can't you can't provoke the face of the entertainment. You know what I mean? The face of the league. And but, and then by, by she the way, gets up and spews some incoherent bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, Le- you're gone. LeBron, LeBron said in postgame, by the way, that he didn't think that they should be kicked out. I don't know yeah, if you saw yeah, he said, yeah. He said, he said that, like, you know, the, the security had to do what they had to do, but he didn't think uh, they should get kicked out. So my thought is this. I like when there's some shit talking between the fans and the players, as long as it is... PG, as long as it doesn't get personal, there's no profanity, I think that portion of the game is kind of fun. Yeah, I totally agree. And that was what LeBron was getting at when he said he liked it. Yeah, because when you go on the road, like, I think, I think, maybe even for LeBron, some sort of that shit talking is a little bit fun. It motivates him a little bit. As long as it's not personal, I don't think that the people like that should... They probably took it too far. She was already saying, I'm going to kick your ass, all that. Then it gets personal. But if you're out there and you're like... You're talking smack, saying, LeBron, you suck. Or, you know, LeBron, you're, you're, you're not as good as Jordan. Or whatever it may be. I'm sure there's a lot of creative trash talk that can be had. <laughs> I think that's healthy. I think it's fun for some players, not all Did- players. And I, I, th- I think it's there's a great back and forth there that is part of... Sports. Totally. I we've probably had, like, I have a few stories like that. But basically, LeBron even said that he did kind of cross the line. So, dude, the point is, the dude was 56. She was 25. They made the right move because they had to stop the game. I mean, the script looked pretty typical. 56-year-old rich scumbag. The wife is 25, wears buckets of makeup, and is an Instagram influencer, which is, like, eye-roll central. So, it's just, uh, she, she made a scene. And You're, you're really stuck on this uh, age gap, huh? I mean, what I'm saying is, you're right. We're we're not even doing a thing where we're siding with anyone because we don't know exactly what was said. But I'm just saying they looked whack. So I'm just siding with LeBron because they were just I don't know. I I don't think. Did you see them? Did you see them? I did. I'm not here. I'm not here to take sides. I'm just saying. I just think in the right context, and this was not the right context, but in the right context, it's fun to have back and forth in the NBA, and I think it's. 
it's it's cool <laughs> for players to to talk to the fans. Yeah, you're as right. Long, right. Uh, and I think I have one, one story. We were at Summer League in uh, Long Beach. I think I was in, like, high school. And it was Kevin Martin. Remember Kevin Martin? Shooter. Played yeah, for, yeah. like, the Kings. Fun- Weird jump shot, but a really great shooter. Yeah. And went, played uh, at Western Carolina before he um, came to the NBA. Oh, and you're so going to be is, great at the quiz. This is, this is his rookie year. And we were at the uh, Long Beach Summer League when they had it before they had it in Vegas. And one of my buddies... I think it was his name is Sasan was like just talking shit. Uh, it was like, yo, man, you're like super skinny. Like, like you ain't gonna do anything out there. And we're like sitting like second row uh, at a summer league. And Kevin Martin just like turns around and looks at him and just go, man, fuck you. You come out here. <laughs> and I just and we just like lost it. We were yeah, like dying this, laughing. Yeah, you know like, I mean? that's so real. It was so <laughs> real and like so unexpected, but like so awesome. So I we're we're off of this topic. The reason why I was being you're right. I was being so critical of these people and how they looked and the age gap. That's not really nice. I'm just I'm looking at a picture of them right now, and I just saw that you know LeBron called them old steroid. They just I don't know. I, that that was that's why that's, I was just that's going a hilarious line from LeBron, by the way. So yeah. super proud of him. He he does look pretty sun damage and roided out so i think he's on point all right Chase, you have a would you rather for me okay would you rather this is great for roaming because it's just kind of telling of where your fanhood is at because uh we haven't talked about this and we always talk lakers on this young and surging podcast so here's your would you rather um would you rather the lakers win the title this year or arizona basketball win the national championship Oh, dude, that's not even close. And that hasn't been close for me in a long time, actually. <laughs> even when I was, like, at the peak of Laker fandom, it's, yes. Arizona, it's Arizona basketball for me just partly because I've never seen them win a title. When they won in 97, I wasn't even an Arizona fan. Um, so since I went to school there, which was in 03, they, they've gone to, I believe, four Elite Eights. Um, I was at two of those, one of them at Staples Center. And they were so close. One of those was at uh, at the Honda Center in uh, in Anaheim, and that game went to overtime. And they had a shot to to go to the Final Four in overtime and didn't and didn't get there. And so for me, just because I've never seen an Arizona uh, title or even seen them get to the Final Four, I think it's a no brainer. And plus, like you went to I went to school there, so I feel like I'm a a part of it you know what i mean and the lakers have won so many titles i've gone to so many parades like we've obviously been very spoiled as laker fans so i think it's really a no-brainer it's it's arizona basketball for me all the way i just want to know the i just wanted the podcast fans to know how huge of an arizona basketball fan you are because the next lakers championship would put them in the lead over the celtics but i knew you were going to say that i almost just wanted to do it so you say and and also by the way did you say i don't i don't know if you said but did you say this year because the, the arizona basketball is not eligible to make it to the tournament this year because of uh, sanctions, self-imposed sanctions. Well, so, that, that I was going to say, a thing between us is how I don't like college basketball, so I didn't even know that, so I guess it doesn't work, but whatever. The next year, they're eligible to do so, and I knew you'd say Arizona. Wait, real uh, quick, Cal, for you, Cal football or Laker title? Laker title. Cal football even... Wow, I really? mean, you're. I mean, you're. I, it is crazy to think that the Cal, if Cal actually w- was undefeated each week, it would be building to be something so crazy. So and I so get unexpected. I know it's crazy because it was it's so unexpected. But I don't know. I I I don't. I mean, that's a good one because it's so unexpected. But I don't know. I'll just go Lakers. You, I'm just. I I just know it. Yeah, I'd go Lakers. You'd be so stoked. You'd be, you'd be all over Cal football. Yeah, right. I, mean, I would. I would. 
All right, uh, basketball pet peeves, Chiz. Yes. Talk, what first is time your, what, segment. What is your biggest basketball pet peeve? No, I, I want you to oh, go you, first. You have, mo- you have multiple. I have a long list, but I want you to go first. Okay. Uh, I, I have a lot too, but this one really, uh, I think, has gotten to me over the last couple of years because we've seen a lot of it. So when a team is up at the end of a game and they've clearly won, let's just okay. say the, Lake, the Lakers are up by 10. And uh-huh. there's... 26 or 27 seconds left. Teams now run out the clock, okay? Uh-huh. So the shot clock's at 24. There's 27 seconds left. They run out the clock. The buzzer sounds. There's three seconds left. The game is paused. Then the, the ball is taken out of bounds. Yeah. And then the other team runs out the clock for they're, the last three seconds. They're opting I not to take a I, shot. Right. Like, what What part? That's really, that's what <laughs> sportsmanship is these days? Like, just shoot it. Like, you're up. You're up 10. You can take a shot. The other team is down 10. They're not going to, like, be that upset. I don't think that's a part of sportsmanship. I get at the end of the game if there's 10 seconds left or, like, if the, if the shot clock is off, I understand it. But if the yeah. shot clock is not off, you're just extending the game. And this happens all the time. You extend the game for no reason by, like, an extra, like, 25 seconds. For some Half the time, like, players are already walking onto the court. The refs yeah. have to, like, shoo everybody away. The camera <laughs> guys so are, all, are all out there. It's so stupid. Like, that's not sportsmanship. Take a shot. Let one of your... Be- when your bench guys, like a lot of time, like you're up by 25 or something like that. It's like your third string guys are in there. You know, Quinn Cook is playing or uh, Devontae Kaycock is out there. Like, let those guys shoot. I, I, I don't understand it. It's, it's for, I know well, it's like stupid, but it's pissing me off. Yeah, but what's crazy is you're right, is that sometimes that the dude, Quinn Cook or Kaycock, is the one holding it and decides not to shoot. And you're so right. It's like, it's obviously they do it because they think it's like the right thing to do, but it's stupid. You're literally extending the game into a stupid formality where then they have to, I, I'm totally with you. It's so stupid. They're overthinking it. And it's like, I don't know. It's probably this whole thing of how they say everyone's more sensitive now. But I mean, obviously you're not on board with them like dunking it, but yeah, you're right. Just take a yeah, shot. That, it's stupid. Yeah, I'm, not sa- I'm not saying like go in for like a 360 yeah, dunk when it. no one's guarding you, but just like... All right, okay. take, a, take a three. Uh, wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, I thought you could. Well, you're like, I, I want to make sure you're close to the mic. You like sounded weird for a second. Okay, so mine is even... <laughs> I don't want to make it a competition, but I love yours. Mine is also at the end of the games, but it's even... It's like sneaky and it's a little gross, okay? So this is, this is what I... This is my pet peeve. <laughs> so... Many a time, final seconds of a quarter, a player will not attempt a difficult three-quarter court, maybe even half-court shot, because clearly it's not worth the downtick in their shooting percentage. Here are the two scenarios. You know what I'm talking about just off I the bat? I saw this yesterday, I think, with Reggie Jackson, if I, uh, I yes. believe. Okay. So one scenario is there's only one to two seconds left after a made basket, right? This is the end of the first, second, or third quarter, regardless of the score. And some players will just catch the inbounds pass, right, that the opponents just scored, and they'll literally just hold it, do nothing nothing and walked out walk back to the bench as the horn sounds okay it's one to two seconds yeah it's a tough shot but but you can heave something up right you really can in one to two seconds okay now the other scenario this is the really sneaky one if it's two to three seconds you'll see that player catch it take a few dribbles take their two set steps they maybe even get to half court definitely past three quarters and then they shoot the shot right after the buzzer sounds on purpose it's like they're faking their allegiance to the team they don't want to ruin their percentage they don't want the shot to count but if they make it they still look tight and they make it seem like they tried to make the shot at the buzzer but they are on purpose doing it right after the buzzer sounds and it's kind of funny but it's pretty shady in my opinion (laughs) 
Dude, I'm so with you on this. And I, it happens I, I, all the I time. Thought, I thought about it when Reggie Jackson did it, and I'm like, dude, like Reggie, like no one's looking at your field goal percentage like that much. You're, you're not getting paid based off of like what maybe eight or nine shots over the course of the season that you're gonna take at the yeah. last second. And like, you know what? Maybe just have like a something among the team where you split up those last second shots. I don't know. Like, I mean, dude, it's part it's of the just game. Dumb. And, and, I know. And, and, and you have it, a chance to make it. You have a chance to make it. It's low. That The chance to make that shot is maybe 5%, maybe even less. But, like, you got a chance. It, it, might, you it, might, it might help you at the end of the game. So one player, we dog on him so much now. He's not on the Lakers anymore. Lonzo Ball, I remember specifically LeBron – or Lonzo. He would, no matter where he was, do a football pass and throw it right towards the backboard. And it was almost like – he was trying to tell people, like, I don't care about my percentage going down. It's because he, his percentage happened to be, like, so shitty at the time. But I just remember he would do that. My NFL analogy, if you're on your own 40-yard line or midfield, end of the half, you're going to try a Hail Mary. You're going to try a 60-yard field goal. I mean, there's actually some more risk there because the block. There is no risk in throwing a three-quarter court shot or half court. And when Zero they do risk. it right – What? Zero risk. It Zero. only affects the field goal percentage. That's it. It's so it, that's dumb. That's it. There's I'm no excuse. You. These guys are shady and we're on top of them. Are we not? We're so on top of it. I hate watching that. <laughs> All right, Chiz. We're, we're so far in. We we, we got to get Medina on here We got to kill shortly. some stuff, right? Uh, let's just, let's do this mailbag and let's just let's do a little rap, rapid fire style. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. This first question comes in. Uh, Ryan from San Francisco. Okay. W- uh, would you rather have Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis? High school teammate Justin Rands said it's an idiotic question, meaning AD is clearly better. But I feel like Davis got teams as far as Embiid did. You or me? Go for it. It's not an idiotic question, but I am with him. For me, it's a no-brainer. It's AD. The the general consensus for me is just that – he has more variety, versatility. He can run up the floor. It's a different game now. I need more range. Whereas maybe if it was 2000, the centers were more dominant, like, you know, Duncan, Shaq. Maybe that could have been Embiid. But AD's better on defense, more blocks, more steals, more versatility defensively and offensively, better shooter. I'm taking AD. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's a stupid question. Embiid, regular season stats, 24, 11, and 3. AD, regular season stats, 24, 10, and 2. It's pretty close yeah. offensively. But yeah, and vers- the versatility is the biggest thing because down the stretch of a game, when Embiid gets the ball in the post, you can double team him. It's really almost impossible to double team AD because he can be out of the three. He can do multiple things. And defensively, uh, Embiid, two-time uh, all-defensive second team. And meanwhile, AD, first team all-defense. Close to, uh, you know, defensive player of the year totally. every year. So, yeah. All right, next one. Todd Wolfson, head coach at St. Francis, thanks for sending this one in, says, uh, obviously the Clippers are good this year, will be a top three team in the West, but as of now, Lakers look better. Can the Clippers win with this team the way it's made up now? They definitely can. You know, it's not like they need anything at the trade deadline. Of course, you want to improve the team if you can, but you don't need to. They, they don't need anything else to think they can beat them, but... They're just the Clippers. And because they didn't play the Lakers last year, if they played the Lakers last year and lost, then I'd feel like this year they'd have a better chance of overcoming it. But the squad is there. They don't need anything. But if they were to win, this is what I think for sure. Paul George would have to be the the third best player on the series, maybe even the second best player in the series. You know what I mean? There's no way they win without George doing what he's doing right now. And that's like playing amazing and being the second best player in the series. That's the only way they could do it. Yeah, I mean, currently the Clippers have a better record by the Lakers, you know, by half a game, 17-6, 16-6. Yeah, whatever. So I think they're neck and neck. I think the Clippers, uh, when they're healthy, they need Pat Beverly back. 
uh, I think they're they're right up there. And if, like you said, Kawhi, Paul George, and I've said this before. I actually think that the Clippers' supporting cast is better, just slightly, but I think it's better than the Lakers' supporting cast. So I think the Clippers have a good chance to yeah, win they, with a they team just they have. Get over yeah. And by the way, and by the way, both teams, I think at the trade deadline will probably either the trade deadline or more likely the buyout market will probably pick up a couple of guys just like the Lakers did last year with Markeith Morris every year teams like that they'll get guys on the buyout so yeah they're right there they just sometimes people are like oh it's all about the role players I think it's more the stars in this case Paul George really has to step up he can't be the fourth best player among the four great players you know what I mean he has to be second or third Agreed. All right, last mailbag question. This is Kevin from Redondo Beach. Says, Chiz, you're such a Caruso homer. Yeah. Uh, what up, Kevin? My tennis buddy. Uh, by the way, <laughs> forget it. I am a homer because, yes, I'm probably exaggerating it, but people I don't think realize how great he is. He is just a role player, but he is a star role player. Some role players are limited. KCP, you just get the shooting. You just get the energy. But with Caruso, he is – he has – like the speed and the strength and he has the vision he can handle like that's the key is that when LeBron I'm sorry when KCP has the ball he's a role player right some might think he's more valuable but if he doesn't catch and shoot I don't want him making any decisions Caruso you can give him the ball whole attack whole dish right now he's shooting great we'll see but his defense is great he's a star role player and everyone has quotes right now that is agreeing with that and right now I'm going to read a quick one from LeBron he says recently is about Caruso he can bring the ball up play the point he can play off the ball he's shooting dead eye from the three this year and he defends at a high level, and he doesn't make many mistakes. So it's not just me that is a homer. I think everyone's starting to realize how crucial this guy's going to be for the run. He's a fan favorite. There's no question about that. Yes. Uh, all right. I, I don't mind your. I don't mind your Caruso homerism. I like him too. He's a great player. I think everyone just like. I don't know. I don't want to call him overrated. He's he's terrific. Yeah. When he's he dunks. But it, yeah, people just for whatever yes. reason people love him. So I, I just I'm think cool. he's I'm a, cool with I that. just think he's a star role player. Okay. So we're yeah. going to the quiz, right? Quiz. We'll go quick because you're still going to be so good at this. We're going to bring Mark Medina on soon, USA Today writer for the NBA. And this is going to be the quiz. I'm going to give you six random past Lakers, and you're going to tell me two things for each player. What college they went to and what number they wore for the Lakers, okay? So there's going to be 12 answers. Here's the first one. Numbers, wow, that's... Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm not great with numbers. Medina, wait, is Medina on? Because he can't listen. Is Medina on? He's not on. Okay, good. Here we go. Um, where are my notes? Okay, you ready? First one, easy one. Glenn Rice. Uh, Glenn Rice went to Michigan, and I believe he wore 41. Correct. Two for two. The next one is Chris Mim. Chris Mim went to Texas, and I believe, ooh, I th- oh, five, number five. That is incorrect. Incorrect? He wore third, 31 for the Lakers. 31 for the Lakers? Oh, man. But uh, Texas three, is you're, correct. You're three for four. Steve Blake. Steve Blake went to Maryland. Um... And he he wore number five. Correct. Very good. Okay. I was thinking that when you got the five run. Okay. Next one, Tyron Liu. Uh, Tyron Liu went to Nebraska, and he wore number eleven. I'm just because we're going to rapid fire. Like you wouldn't come up with something else. And if I said final answer, you would have thought I, you were close. You're wrong. He wore number ten. So I'm just going to say wrong. Oh on that my one. goodness! I should. I was trying to picture him getting stepped over by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, Kareem Rush. Uh, Kareem Rush went to Missouri, and he wore number 21. Nice, dude. Roman is awesome at college basketball. Okay, this is the last one. You're going to love it. <laughs> Andrew Goudlock. Uh, Andrew Goudlock. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. 
Remember that YouTube Mini clip? Mamba. Remember that YouTube clip that we would like where he was shooting for like he, the logo? Yeah, he went to a smaller school. Um, oh my goodness. What? Has a College of Charleston? Yes, no. correct. Yes, yes, correct. Yes, College I cut Charleston. you off before you said no. Now you're up to the number. Uh, okay. Uh, and what number did Mini Mamba wear? Um, man, I have I can't I can't picture it. Uh, four. Uh, I don't give know. Me, give me something. Uh, I'll, Might I'll, as well pick I'll a number. Say, I'll say uh, fourteen. Wrong. It was zero. Zero. Very wow. good. You got uh, you got nine for twelve. That's very good. I have a tiebreaker if Medina ties. So now uh, we should bring on Medina. Here we go. Hey, hoopheads! We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, we now welcome in Mark Medina, NBA writer for USA Today. He was a blogger for the LA Times during the 09 and 10 titles. Beat writer for the Lakers from 2012 to 2017. Covered the Warriors during the KD title. And according to IMDb, he played a football player in the movie Baby Love. He's also what? the subject of Chiz's famous Right, Right, and Bump. Mark Medina, thank you for being on the show. Welcome. That is an amazing biography. By the way, I, I didn't realize about this IMDb uh, cameo. Yo, is that real? What is that? Um, not that I'm aware of, but hey, I'll, I'll <laughs> if it's on there, I can put on my resume. And any pub, any pub is good pub. It, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a different Mark Medina, but I thought I'd throw the, I'd throw it in there. That's hilarious. But what is what is accurate though is the right right bump. That was one of the uh, <laughs> the all time highlights on Spectrum. <laughs> so Medina, we um, I, I just gave Roman a quiz that you're going to take later, and it's like you versus Roman. The winner is going to get five dollars of Venmo from me, <laughs> and the loser is going to be made fun of just for a quick little second by me. And I might have some right right impressions if you lose the quiz, but you do have the ability to get five dollars. Do you agree to the terms? Because it's going to be a little I, later. I agree to the terms. You know, <laughs> yeah, even right. if I even if I win. <laughs> Feel free to play the sound. <laughs> oh, I wish I had it. Are you crazy? I might just have to do an impression or something. That's amazing. Oh, okay. Well, impre- impression works though. For the That's record, for good. the record, for the record, I got nine out of twelve correct. So it could be a tall order for you, Medina. Ooh, yes. no pressure. All right, I, I All right. gotta have a perfect shooting percentage. All right, l- let me ask you this, Medina, because you've gotten chance to cover the Lakers and the Warriors. What was your favorite team to cover, uh, like a particular season? Did you have a particular season that you just that really enjoyed covering that, that team? Oh, that's a good question. Um, By the way, I, he co- you covered the Warriors during the KD years. I just want people to know that. That's like yeah, epic I, team. I put I that covered, in the intro, Chiz. Were you listening? I covered, uh, Sorry. I covered <laughs> Durant's second title and then the, his last season. 
Uh, so it was, it was interesting times. If I had to rank them, I think the favorite year is Kobe's final year because you have just that farewell tour and just, you know, you know, you're covering the end of someone's iconic career and the games were terrible, but yeah. just from, you know, a storyline perspective. Um, and I think that the second most favorite was probably the first season covering the Warriors because that was my first time, like as a beat writer having a extended time traveling the playoffs. It was kind of like a new fun challenge. And then another thing is just the basketball after being the beat writer during the time when the Lakers had their worst stretch in franchise history, suddenly morphing into seeing them just dominate on almost every given night. It was cool. So I would rank Kobe's final season. And then the first season I covered the Warriors, which was, the repeat season they had under Kevin Durant. So that would be what, 2017, 18. And then yeah. to make, to add a cherry on top of that Sunday, that was a year that Nick Young came on board with the Warriors. So like he's he was already your boy. He was already your boy. I already had history with him and he was yeah. joking that I'm stalking him and you know, <laughs> he's telling me, leave me alone and all that. So it was cool. <laughs> I always enjoyed your back and forth with a uh, swaggy P. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was always, my favorite back and forth with him was this ongoing uh, joke we had about Kanye and Jay-Z. I don't know why, but <laughs> Nick Young started saying that Jay-Z is overrated. And I just think that's blasphemy. Like, that's just r- a ridiculous take. And so since he was so into Kanye with not just his music, but his fashion sense, I would just crush Kanye any chance I could. <laughs> and, and that was your guy's thing. That was our thing. Yep, all the time in the locker room. Every, did you every did time. you have a thing with KD? Let's see. There wasn't like a thing, um, <laughs> but I enjoyed I enjoyed KD for the most part. Like he kind of reminded me of Kobe, where like if you want to talk hoop, it was great and he was honest. But he wasn't. He also wasn't afraid to clap back. But I I did have a memorable moment where I had a negative experience like this was uh you know after the draymond blow up that, that they had the first yeah. game back that draymond and kevin played you know they were trying to show some moments on the court where like they're on better terms so like draymond was like passing them the first few plays of the game they're high-fiving each other like they're, they're trying to create you know a, a better energy than it was a few days ago so i asked him after the game like you know, now that they're back together, like how things evolved and where do you think stand with him and Draymond? And he said, he just looks at me. He's like, don't ever ask me that again. <laughs> I'm just like, what the? <laughs> and to Kevin's credit, I mean, he got crushed, you know, because he always gets crushed when it comes to like interviews and just how he's sensitive to things, supposedly. But to his credit, a few days later, he came uh, and pulled me to the side after a shoot around and just apologized and cleared the air, um, which he didn't have to do. Like, it, it's not like my feelings were hurt. Yeah. Like I know how the, I know how the gig works, but I do give him credit that, you know, I think there's a fair debate of how you want to look at him of, Hey, going to golden state or not. And just how he handles social media. But, you know, he is one of those rare athletes that he does own up to those shortcomings with like reporters. And I, I think he's direct with that. That's, uh, so that's great, man. That, that's different great dynamic. That. Yeah, different dynamic than Nick Young, but it was still memorable and enjoyable and fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Medina, you have a, a unique perspective on Kobe. You talked a little bit that you enjoyed his uh, last season. That was your favorite. You you actually did the last sit-down interview with him um, before his tragic death. Tell us a little bit about that day and, and, and kind of what you took away from it. Yeah, well, what I take away from it is entirely different because of the tragedy. So, um, you know, how I looked at it, you know, at when it happened was I thought it was great. Um, as you guys know, like I covered Kobe for, you know, combined seven and a half years. And when I just morphed in this new role with USA Today, where I'm back in L.A., I'm not covering a specific team. I had pitched to him in his uh, camp. At some point, I'd love to do a story with him on how he's, you know, pivoting post-NBA. And the stars kind of aligned that he had a project coming out that he wanted to promote. So it was all like win-win, and I got some time down in Costa Mesa. And so when the, when that day was happening, it was a combination of, hey, this is cool, memory lane, you're catching up with someone. You know, he even said at the time, hey, it was cool to see a familiar face from the good old days. and uh, We're just kind of catching up. And then we have an interview, and, you know, you're I'm talking to him for like – 45 minutes to an hour. So it's more than what you're used to after yeah, practices wow. and post-game scrums. And the subject matter was not really basketball. Like it was inevitable. I had to ask him some stuff about LeBron because he's about to surpass him on the all-time scoring list. Um, but a lot of it was just the transition and, you know, the storybook projects that he's doing and overseeing the Mamba Sports Academy, coaching Gianna, and doing, you know, that Punies podcast and ESPN details. So, like, because of how layered Kobe was with his interest and personality, like, it was just cool diving deep into that because I knew about it, but I didn't know the full extent. And so at the time, I thought, hey, this is great. This is awesome. Like, great to catch up with him. I did, you know, four stories out of that interview, and it, it was published the next week. And then all of a sudden, the tragedy happened. So, like, uh, the the time of yeah, wow. when that took place was just surreal, where it was nine days before his tragedy. The stories themselves were published online, like, three days before. And then it was in the print edition two days before. And so when the tragedy happened, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying that it was a terrible day, and it still has been very difficult. But... I couldn't help but, you know, wrap my head around this recent interview. And now that I look back on it, yeah. um, it's it's very tough because of not just how recent it was, but the subject matter. It was very much post-NBA life and how he's done that. And also, just in Kobe's mind, that he's just getting started. Um, and so I think it just reinforced that no matter what Kobe did and the impact he made on the court and, you know, the Lakers and the NBA world, like he had a second act to fulfill that was just unfinished business. And that's just very hard and sad and tragic to wrap your head around. So it's been tough. I mean, I, I haven't read the story since then. I haven't ever watched the interviews cause it's just, yeah, you know it's tough to to think about. Yeah, I I, I went and back and and read that story actually yesterday, just to kind of you know prepare for for this and uh, great story. It's on Mark Medina's uh, Twitter page if if anybody wants to check it out. So 
Yeah, that's crazy because it just... I don't think people even realize the part about that there was so much more to come from him until it happened because then that was the talk. Like, And you're right. It, there was such like a transformation and just uh, the way he walked around and smiled and, and joked with other people. So it's just crazy that you look back on that and it takes like a whole new meaning to why it was, I don't know, telling, I don't know, crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, that's some heavy shit. But what's cap it there and now let's go to present day basketball talk medina you are nba guru all over the map you know it all so here's my question in my opinion i think you'd both agree there are only three teams that can win the title this year and there's always a short list in the nba you can kind of tell right with a seven game series it's not like nfl there aren't going to be many flukes every 10 to 20 years there's sometimes a surprise team right mavericks pistons is what i think of most recently anyway the heat made there... it to the finals last year was probably a surprise yeah but yeah. well Right, but okay. So winning the title. So Medino, you'll go first. Is there a fourth team that you would put on that tier? So is there a fourth team that can win the title in your eyes? And then after that, we'll kind of figure out who our fourth team would be. But what do you think? Well, it's a good question because I think this is a huge caveat. I philosophically agree with you that when you're talking about three teams, I, I really only think of either LA team, the Lakers, Clippers or the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. But Vegas would agree. But there is a huge caveat that uh, you can't take lightly that because of the unprecedented nature of this season where there's COVID cases that have disrupted team rosters, postponed games, and there's also been an influx of injuries because of the short turnaround, like anything's on the table because you can apply that to any of the contending teams or any of the second tier teams and that dramatically changes things so i think because of that i would also open up the door for utah i would open up the door on the in the east for philadelphia and boston um but yeah i'm with you i think from just the depth and the talent it seems very clear that it is la teams it's brooklyn but i also handicap brooklyn underneath Milwaukee and Boston and Philly to some degree because I think a they don't really play much defense and b I know that right now Harden and Kyrie are trying to say they're about sacrificing and in the games they're doing that for the most part but I think that's a very short honeymoon period I think it, at some point it's going to be inevitable you're putting that, them that behind the Bucks disrupted. you're putting so- them behind the Bucks and the Sixers to win the title no way. Only because of the caveats. And also, I think that there is this ta- – they have the most talent, but I think that their defense is not good at all. And I think at some point they're going to get in each other's way. Like right now it's been good, but it's early. Um, you know, when, they, they, when it comes to like who takes the final shot, I, I think Durant's fine. You know, he, he deserves a lot of credit with how he handled that with Golden State. But I, yeah. I don't think long-term Kyrie and Harden will work. Chiz, you obviously didn't read Medina's column where he said that the Nets will not win a championship this year because of their bad defense. Well, he. what's funny is Medina – I, I missed I, that I column. completely disagree with that, by the no, way. But, but Medina but – you'll go, Roman. I just want to say Medina first was like, yeah, you're right. The three are the two LA and the Brooklyn. And then like he just casually was like, oh, but I would put them behind the whatever. But I, I get your point. You're, you're skeptical about that trio. R- Roman, what do you think? You, you right, disagree. Right, right. So well, let me just break down the Vegas odds, okay? So Lakers are plus 250. 
uh, to win the title. The Nets are second at plus 350. Clippers yep. are third at plus 500. The team that's actually fourth uh, yeah, is the Bucks be. at plus 700, followed by the Sixers, Jazz, Celtics, and Nuggets. Nuggets, by the way, plus 2,200 if you think they have a chance so for me i actually would put the bucks into that realm of lakers nets clippers remember they were the really the favorite last no, year they were the favorite to the win realm. it all no let me just tell you first of all the, they were the favorite to win it all last year and they actually got better right the biggest thing that they have going against them is that Giannis at the end of games can't shoot free throws and hasn't really been able to you know make a jumper down the stretch but they do now have two other guys that can do that, and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. So to me, they got better. And yes, the Nets and the Clippers are also really good, and I still think the Nets and the Clippers have a better chance than the Bucks. But I would say that the Bucks have a chance. Like, yeah, if the Bucks you think they're in the convo. I think they're in the convo. If the Bucks beat the Nets somehow, I think that uh, they got a chance to beat the Lakers. It'll be a tough, it's a bad matchup for them, but I think they have a chance. I want to make a quick point about the Nets and the fact that they don't play any defense. Good offense always yeah, beats good defense, like Bill Walton would say. You have three of the top 10 players in the league, maybe Kyrie's, maybe like 12 to 15. Like, they'll figure it out. I don't think they need to play a whole lot of defense. Like they, well, they go ahead. Yeah. Nina. Well, I was going to say I, we might be talking semantics here because I don't think they need to be like an elite defensive team, but they need to at least be solid because of these two reasons. One in the playoffs, the game slows down. I get their offensive firepower, but in playoff series, teams have more time to scheme prepare. And that always sets up, where there's one or two of the star guys that might not have their best night. They need a fallback. But, that, but, right? that's, but that's the great thing about it is when you have three star guys, one of your star guys can have an off night and you still right. could, could put up 100 points. And by the way, in terms of like scheming, like there's no scheming against Kevin Durant. There's no scheming against James Harden. Like those guys are well, one-on-one players. There's, there's, there's so little you can do. And the fact is that James Harden, when he was with the Rockets, teams schemed totally against him they tried to double team him sometimes all the way around half court and he was able to you know make passes and let his teammates get involved now he's making those passes to kevin durant instead of pj tucker no no offense to pj tucker he's a good player but you can't double team harden at all at this point when you have kd and Kyrie. you can't double team kd you can't double team Kyrie. There's there's no scheme for for them defensively. You just can't well, scheme against I, them. I I I'd counter with this, Roman. Uh, you know, the segue into the defense part is that I also then have skepticism of the chemistry specifically with Kyrie and Harden. So if you're having a defense that's not as at least solid, and then having one of those two guys maybe having a game where it's an off night. And it's going on their chemistry. I don't think that's great. But also, I would disagree about the scheming. You look at Durant in the uh, Western Conference Finals against Houston, that seven-game series in 2018. That whole series was a rite of passage of Kevin trying to thread the needle of initially being very high-volume scoring and efficient, but then shooting through double teams and not being efficient and trying to find other ways around that. And the Warriors were able to navigate that eventually because they had three other all-stars. So like, if you attach that whole idea to Durant with another team, 
Durant can still thrive, but there's less room for error. And if I'm looking at it through Harden and Irving are great, but their, their chemistry isn't going to be uh, as best as it can be, I think that that leaves them vulnerable. Yeah, I agree with you that chemistry can be an issue. My thought is when all three guys are looking to win the title, especially Harden, yeah. uh, who hasn't done it so far, obviously Kyrie and, uh, and KD have won one, I think – they just need it's to be a players' focused. league. It's a players' they, league. They need to be focused for a month. I mean, you could make the argument that they're probably going to win a first the first round pretty easily, second round potentially easy. So that really, they need to lock in for about two weeks to a month to have a chance. So if they can get past the chemistry for a month, I think they are the biggest threat to the Lakers, as me and Chiz talked about on a couple of podcasts ago. Let, let me just put like in perspective the big things we try to talk about the tiers. I don't think that the Bucks are on the tier as the Lakers, Nets, and Clippers, and you can see that by the drop off in the Vegas odds. I just think there's no team in the West that can beat the Lakers and the Clippers in the playoffs. That is not going to happen. So for me, just by saying yes or no, there is no team in the West other than the Lakers and Clippers that can win the title this year. Yeah, you're always like an ankle sprain away sometimes, but no one's going to be both of them. So for me, the fourth team is from the East. I agree that it is the the Bucks, but I do think the Nets will be in the finals. But I think the Bucks are the fourth team, but I think that's the second tier of championship possibilities. No one, there's no fourth team on the level of the three. I think. I mean, the biggest drop off, though, according to Vegas odds, is after the Bucks. Bucks to Sixers. Bucks are right, plus seven hundred. Sixers. Sixers are plus twelve hundred. The Clippers are only plus five hundred. So five to one odds. Bucks are seven to one odds. Not a huge drop off, but I, I get what you're saying, Chiz. Yeah. All right, Medina, we got a, uh, a would you rather for you. Ready? Okay, let's do it. Would you, <laughs> rather, would you rather break the biggest story of the year? For instance, like LeBron gets traded at the deadline. To the team you, that like Brawny, <laughs> that, like Brawny draft. Or like, and, like and, the most you, amazing. You break the story. You have it way before Woj. Everyone's talking. Medina, all the bottom lines say Mark Medina yeah, breaking story. Baby, wow. Put or, it out in the universe. No or, typos. No typos either. No typos. Or you get to travel for three months, all expenses paid, to anywhere in the world. The dopest hotel, best everything, food, best the be- everything. The best of everything. For three months, you get to come back to your job whenever you – right after. Three months, all expenses paid, anywhere in the world. Well, okay. The way I would answer <laughs> this literally is that – I would take the all expenses paid trip because I do like to travel, but also I don't get much fulfillment in breaking a transactional story, even if it is this, oh my gosh, LeBron would somehow get traded. Like, okay, okay. I, let, let, let me, let me my, rephrase though. So, so let me it, rephrase. So in, yeah. It could be any, what, it could be the story, the breaking story of your dreams. Any breaking story. It doesn't have to be uh, a transactional story. Any breaking story. Okay. If it's that case, I would go with the breaking story. Because wow. the, 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 what my role is, it's not about like chasing news and transactional stuff. Because to Woj's credit and to Shams's credit and Chris Hans' credit, like that, those are the things they do. But also – it's it's the place I work at. Like it's 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 a national paper appeals to a general audience. They want more like in depth stories and features and all that. So you so want to do the story I, where you like followed I'll, Tiger Woods to the parking lot when he had sex with the waitress? <laughs> well, that that's TMZ. But I would I'm love kidding, to. I'm kidding. I would love to follow Tiger Woods for like a day, right, and do a whole story where he just 
divulges, you know, right. his whole biography. Like that would be the story. Yeah. So I would, I would root to get that because it's the trickle down effect. A, I love what I do, but B, if I do that, I can get those vacations later on anytime I want. So it, w- it would be almost like I get both of them. That's a great answer. <laughs> okay, good answer. Wait, where do you think you'd travel for th- for the three months? Well, um, it, it would definitely be overseas. I started when I started covering the Lakers uh, as a beat writer. You know, one of the nice benefits is you get a lot of miles and hotel points. And so I started trying to just chip away at the never ending bucket list of go to as many countries as you can. And so I've already done. Let's see. I've done uh, Germany. I've done Italy. I've done Spain. I went to China on the Warriors preseason trip. So I would I would just continue to try to check boxes off in Europe and Latin America and Asia and go from there. All right. Good answer. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Okay. So it's time time for the quiz and you need to get nine out of 12 to tie Roman for five dollars. Are you ready? Pressure here. I am going to give you a random former Laker of the past, and you're going to tell me what college they went to and then what number they wore for the Lakers. Are you ready? Oh, okay, sure. So you, tell, would, me a, you tell me a name, and I have I'm to I'm going to tell you a name, yeah, and you're going to tell me okay. where they went to college and what number they wore in the Lakers. By the way, can I make okay. a prediction? My prediction is that Medina gets 6 out of 12. I yeah, got, I was going to say 6 or 7. I think he's record, not going to get – I got 9 out of 12. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, let's see how badly I do. <laughs> First one is Glenn Rice. Oh, he was forty-one, I believe. His number. Correct. Um, I'd like to say his college was somewhere in North Carolina, but I'm not sure. So you're gonna have to give me something. Uh, I'm gonna count that as incorrect, Chiz. Okay, fine. Incorrect. He wasn't. It's Michigan. Okay. Oh. One for two so far. Next is – I actually think he's going to get five now. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, what if I get zero? No, you already, already got, got one. one. You already you got, got one. 40, he wore 41. Yeah, 41. You're right. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I got the number. Okay. okay. Second, second is Chris Mim. Oh. <laughs> these are these are terrible here. I, <laughs> I might get one. I might get one. You've already got one. He was uh... – <laughs> He Just, was he had he had thirty one as a number, but I forget yes, what college. Yes, there you go. Okay. Thirty one is correct. So you're, you're two for three. I am, te- I am terrible at colleges. Yeah, yeah, I know. What, I can but you're, getting, you're, what, you're getting the numbers college, right. What what college did he go to? Texas. Okay, so you're conceding. He went to Texas. Okay, okay. You're two for four. Next is Steve Blake. Oh, Steve Blake went to Maryland. Correct. And, what number did he wear? And his number was five. Very good. Uh, Medina had a little comeback. You're Here four, we go. Four, four for helps, six. Like, it helps that I covered him, so. <laughs> yes. I, I, uh, then uh, he's, he's going to go over to here. Next is Tyron Lue. Oh, uh, I really <laughs> should know this, but let me. How many seconds do I have to He's guess like, let this? me click on Google real we'll quick. Let me click on Google. I don't, I don't remember the college. Okay. I might not even remember that. Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to think. What did he look like when I, Iverson stepped yeah, over Yeah, that's what Roman what said. number? Uh, he had the number. He had the number ten, right? Yes, yes that is correct. correct. Nice. I can't so get any colleges unless you're it's five Blake. for eight. Here we go. You need to go perfect to to force the tiebreak. <laughs> Next is Kareem Rush. You gotta be kidding. He was he was number th- <laughs> he was number three, right? No, wrong. No, twenty one. Twenty one. 
Oh, and he went to man. well, actually, yeah. Go for it. What's what college did you go to? Uh, let's see. Who went to uh, Big Twelve? Big Connecticut. 12. No, Missouri. Missouri. Okay, uh, last one. No, so way, right? I, I, he might get way, this I, one. Actually, I predicted that uh, Medina would get six correct, and he's at five. So it's yes. Okay, last one. Andrew Goudlock. Oh, <laughs> yes. He went. He went to a small college. Yes. Uh. Well, his number. His I remember his number. What do I? It was zero, right? Yes, Correct. it was very, very good. good. But but his college, it was a small college, like in Virginia, I believe. Um, you're, you're, you're 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 Charleston, Carl yes. Charleston. Yes. Yes. Wow. Very good. That so just, seven. That just helped because you know these were guys I actually knew and covered. That's pretty good. Seven of twelve. I mean, you didn't beat me. It so you're, you're not going to get the five dollars. I'm not going to get the five dollars. I thought that was the whole thing. No, the, to the no, winner. You got, lost, got, bro. You lost you to lost. Roman. Roman got nine right. I got nine out of twelve. Uh, I took the quiz you know before I you came going, on. I was going against your prediction. Oh, you, you're going to get six. Oh, right, I right, correct. Lost. Yeah, that might, that might have been. <laughs> I confusing, still lost. Yeah. You still lost. You so, did better than uh, prediction. Who were the guys that you picked? No, it was the same exact players. Medina, you're really not understanding this very well. Oh, By the yeah. way, you I, ready? I thought, you're, this, was... this is this is what the tiebreaker would have been. Just just play along, okay? I'm gonna ask okay. a question, and then you both are just racing to say the answer, okay? I'm gonna ask okay. a question. Okay. I'm gonna go slowly, and I think you guys are both gonna get it, but one's gonna get it first. You ready? Okay. In in 2012, who became the Lakers' interim head coach after Mike Brown BJ was fired? Oh, Bernie staff. Bernie <laughs> Well, did I say nice, Bernie Bickerstaff. No, I think Bernie he got it right. Bickerstaff. I blew it. Yeah. It's Bernie. Oh, who did BJ. you say? Oh, you said his, his, his son, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, I was, I, it was Bernie. I, I spoke too soon. That's hilarious. I'll, I'll, yes, give, I'll had, give the tiebreaker to Bernie. Not only did I have the name, he had a 4 and 1 record. I think he has yes. like the best, best winning record in Laker history. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Well, thanks for playing along. Roman gets the five bucks. So now I get to make fun of you. And you know what's crazy about this is Trainer just texted me three minutes ago. He's like, yo, I just emailed you the right, right in bum. And I downloaded it and I have it in front of me, but like, I can't figure out how to play it. It. It's like not playing. So Come on. I know I don't have it. Basically, here's the gist of it. Forever's listening. We used to make fun of Medina, or we still do. I just haven't talked to him forever. But uh, Medina, <laughs> I interrupt <laughs> interviews. I video bomb. Yeah, him too. he's famous for his signature noise word when he's interviewing players. But it's actually just his signature word with all interaction, and that is the word right. Medina is a great person to have a conversation with because he's a great listener. And when you talk to him, because he's so engaged, after each mini point or breath in a convo, he'll go, right. So here's my impression. I'll be like, I'll be like, AD is so much bigger than him. Right. He should be backing down those smaller defenders. Right, right. And if Jalen Brown is on him, he needs to dunk on his ass. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, can, so, I can say this. It's a great interview technique for newspaper people, but it's terrible for TV. I am Sorry for ruining all your guys' TV feeds over It's the, the best. And I just did an impression of you doing a triple right because I have heard a triple right. It's in an interview with Byron Scott. I have the file right in front of me, but I can't play it. Oh. I wish you could hear it. Have you ever done a quadruple right? I've never done a quadruple right. I'd like to say – like Steph Curry got me to do that, but it was always just double or single. Wait, will you do? Will you do one for us on the show here? Will you do a quadruple right? 
<laughs> well, you, you gotta make you Chiz, gotta make a point. Chiz, make a team, point right team now. Team up, Chiz. All right, like Medina. The problem is you're not listening to the quiz. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> How natural was that? Was that, that? Three, or, was that it, it three really or four? Came- that was, that, was that was a triple. That was a triple. That was four. No, that was four. I started laughing too hard. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I would have to like naturally keep saying things to get it out of you, but you are the best sport. I fucking love you. <laughs> Thank I love you, Medina. You. Thanks for uh, being on the show. Mark Medina, USA Today. We appreciate you coming on. Love it. Love you guys. Miss you guys. And uh, anyone in Spectrum listening, love you guys too. Peace, buddy. Thanks, Medina. See you, man. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. This is the LA Hoops Pod, the spot for both of LA's basketball teams. Check us out on the Hoop Heads feed, find and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LA Hoops Pod.